welcome back to yet another episode of Autism Every Day. We are your hosts, Swati and Geeta. So here is a disclaimer for you. This episode is going to involve language that might make you uncomfortable because we are Indians and we don't talk about sex. Yep. But if you look at the population in this country, it is clear that this is a topic we need to talk about, right? So here goes. Today we're going to talk about sex, sexuality and growing up pains on the spectrum. So sex and sexuality is an integral part of life and you know the identity of every individual. Absolutely. And whether you like it or not, once you have a child, there are some inevitable things that you're just going to have to deal with. From illness to anger to sadness to schooling. I mean, none of it matches up to the discomfort some parents feel when they have to address their child's sexual behavior and sexuality. The truth is, you're going to have to deal with it one way or the other, either positively or negatively. But you are going to have to deal with it. Of course, you can ignore it and hope it will go away. But let me tell you, it doesn't. So it's better to be prepared to deal with it. Right. And so on that note, here are some basics you want to implement regardless of your child's age. If he's two, that's a great start. Five is perfect as well. And if he's eight, don't wait. (laughs) If your child is older, great. Today's a wonderful day to begin this journey towards safer sexual behavior. So first, let's look at some really small changes we can make when your child is a toddler or if he's, you know, in the early childhood phase and going into middle school. You want to start with ensuring that he closes the door every single time he goes into the washroom. If he's going into pee, poop or have a shower, he needs to close the door. Right. Let's talk about changing clothes. This goes for all children. Regardless of diagnosis or delays or being neurotypical, your child needs to be taught the concept of privacy simply by ensuring that he never ever changes his clothes in the presence of an adult. It's only if he has like a button that he requires assistance with or something that's stuck. Well, then he needs adult assistance. And that is when you will go inside and you will close the bathroom door with his hand and then help him change. Yeah. So speaking of bathroom behavior, right? It's important to teach the child to close the door from the time he is one and a half to uh, that whenever he enters the bathroom, he needs to use his hand to close the door. So you want to, you know, prompt him by putting your hand on his hand to close the door so that he understands that it's a part of a chain of events. Because if you close the door, he probably never even realizes that the door is closed. And you want your child to know that it is not okay to pee or poop or shower with the bathroom door open, regardless of who is around, even if it's only mom or only dad or only a grandparent. He has to understand that it's not okay for him to be without clothes or doing some of these things in front of other people, right? And why is this important? Because if we don't instill this um, this concept from the time the child is very young, it becomes a lot more difficult to teach them these skills as they grow older. Not impossible, just a lot harder. It seems like two years is too early to impose some of these restrictions. But it's important to remember that children with autism often lack an understanding of social rules, the unsaid and unspoken social rules. 
and typically developing children become aware of these nuances by the time they're three or four or maybe even five they develop a sense of what is acceptable what is not what they can do only at home what they cannot do and say in front of others this concept of shame right and and so on but the learning is not as seamless for a child with autism and in one of our earlier episodes we had spoken about how some things are okay for a child to do at 5 and they become unacceptable at 12 the same things yeah and while it may be okay for a child to change in the living room at 3 it's definitely not okay for the child to do that at 8 or 10 yeah and teaching the child to follow these rules early on will ensure that it becomes a habit and this is something that they do through life and these are the first steps towards understanding the concept of privacy and limits that's right and for some children on the spectrum knowing the why of you know why they need to do this mm. might never be an option yeah and that's why making it a rule that they have to follow helps true you know so replace telling them why they need to do it with just making it a rule yeah so now let's look at ages 8 upwards you're going to start dealing with puberty and all that goes along with it so if your child masturbates you need to know that it is a totally normal human need what you can do is ensure that he does it in the privacy of his own bedroom and that is why we emphasize from day 1 on the need for your child to be sleeping alone in his own room mm. and as we say this we are aware that many families do not have this luxury of a separate room for their child children often share bedrooms with their siblings or with grandparents or even the parents themselves yeah so this is where you can schedule in private time use a visual support so you have a card and ensure that you give him the private time card and let him go inside and close the door yeah it's such that's such a cool idea right as for bedtime if you absolutely cannot provide a bedroom then begin with having a separate bed because at the end of the day your child needs his own space and the other thing to keep in mind is to ensure that you teach him to close the door and masturbate only at night and all this while ensuring that there's nobody else in the room yeah that nobody else in the room is such a critical thing um i remember this case with the child was taught to change his clothes only after closing the bedroom door and you know making sure that nobody else is coming in with him mm-hmm. and he absolutely followed those rules except that one day the house help was cleaning up in that room and he he went in closed the door and changed his clothes despite the fact that the house help was there because this the fact that somebody else could already be in the room was not a factor that had been a part of his training so he did what he had been trained to do perfectly but he did not meet the criteria for privacy and safety then of course there are the windows to think about right what if the curtains are not drawn uh, the windows are open or what if somebody else is using the bathroom that is attached to, the, to that room at the same time mm-hmm. so knowing what is alone what is privacy what is the fact that nobody else is in the room involves knowing so many things right So when a child masturbates instant reaction around him is to ask the child to not do that or often times they're told something like that's dirty you should not do that go wash your hands 
or even worse go to the bathroom so one of the things to keep in mind is that sex is just behavior it's mm-hmm. just another behavior yeah so reacting in these various ways have many many connotations for one the act itself is condemned as something that is not done at all and is dirty secondly the child realizes that the act of masturbation bothers people around him yeah that's right that takes me back to a teenager who had made it a habit to sit in the living room and masturbate <laughs> and his mother was understandably distressed yeah and had tried everything from saying no don't do that or go to your room but as a you know as a consequence of that his behavior had taken on a very different function you know what had started as something that he was doing for himself right something yeah. that was automatically reinforcing then shifted and became something that he did to annoy his mom <laughs> and to honestly get her attention negative or otherwise yeah right of course thirdly when we react in these predictable ways there is no replacement behavior or limit setting we are mm-hmm. not teaching the child any of those things yeah so um like we said earlier masturbation is automatically reinforcing and it's very hard to find replacement behavior for a primary need like that obviously nothing's going to give the child that the what reinforcement is getting yeah typically developing teenagers have these urges as well mm-hmm. obviously but they have so many other things to do like school work sports friends um i mean there are million distractions while many children on the spectrum have none of these distractions they also have a very limited set of skills and things to do often resulting in their bodies being the only thing that's available for them to to actually use yeah, at to, many times absolutely and so one of the things that you may want to work on is building more skills in the child and of course it's important to reinforce behaviors other than masturbation because whenever it's not acceptable for the child to masturbate you want him to be doing those other behaviors that you can reinforce like what if you're at a relative's house or you're visiting a friend or yeah. you're at the mall and yeah. he wants to masturbate that's yeah. not, acceptable not acceptable at all yeah. right true and sometimes of course masturbation might be the only outlet for sexual relief for people on the spectrum yeah that's true that's hard hitting and that's mm. true mm. yeah So something we've also been frequently asked is why can't my child use the bathroom why can't he use the washroom to masturbate why does he need to use the bedroom the mm. bedroom is where we sleep the bedroom is you know people can walk in and out why can't he just use the bathroom and clean up there mm. so simply because you know if your child learns that he can masturbate in the bathroom he might generalize that to a public toilet given that you know he's been told in so many words that you can do this in the bathroom he might just generalize that and next time you're at a mall he might use a public toilet and do the same thing yeah which is completely unacceptable so now talking about all this sex education another question that comes to mind is when is a good time to talk to your child with asd about sex the answer is this sooner rather than later there have been instances of teenagers on the spectrum who go on to school you know and where the child the teenager in this case 
um, try to touch one of his classmates of the other gender inappropriately. Yeah, yeah, and this of course resulted in a you know in a big blow up because um, these are inclusive schools where children with ASD are also admitted, mm-hmm. and it resulted uh, in the fact that everybody began to think all children with ASD are sexually dangerous and a hazard for other children. And that is very unfortunate. <laughs> it's yeah. unfortunate, right? Um, I remember many years back, a mother mentioned that um, she had sent her 10-year-old son with autism to residential facility when he was nine, simply because somebody had told her that children with autism do not know how to discriminate um, between mothers, sisters and other women. Wow. So, you know, looking out for her daughter's safety, she sent the boy away even when he was nine to a residential Gosh, facility. It's <laughs> distressing to even hear. It is, it is. So is it not our job as parents and educators to ensure that we teach them safe sexual behavior before they hit puberty? There is a need to talk to them about safety. Who can touch them? Where? And in what situation? Who can they touch again where and in what situation? That also goes back to letting them know who can see them in what state of undress. Right? You see what we mean when we talk of a two-year-old and the fact that you're changing him without the door closed. That's trouble right there. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. So that being said, here are some ideas for you when you want to talk your child about sex education if you feel confused as to how to approach the topic how much to convey and how to convey it this is something you always want to keep in mind use simple concrete language don't leave it up to their imagination or judgment calls no use of discretion whatsoever absolutely clear-cut language so you want to call a penis by its name and not that thing you know You want to call a vagina by its name and nothing else. So that's something that needs to be rule number one. You want to keep it factual and concrete as much as you possibly can. And rule number two, we say this often, we say this for everything. Consistency is key. You get nowhere unless you're very, very consistent. Also, you want to teach your child the difference between public and private behavior keeping personal boundaries, keeping space. We've mentioned this a ton of times before, but please ensure that your child does not lean in on you or he doesn't touch your face. He needs to learn to keep space and learn, you know, the concept of keeping space. This in no way means that he cannot hug you. Of course he can hug you. He's your child. You got to give him love. You hug him and all of that. But he needs to know to, you know, he needs to be able to ask for that affection and not just lean in on you or, you know, touch your hair and, Things yeah. like that. Again, it starts becoming looking odd once a child is a lot older. Yeah, 14, yeah. 15 year old doing that yeah. doesn't look okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And of course, they also need to know what is sexual safety, what constitutes abuse, and how to report anything that may be hurting them. Mm-hmm. And this is something even, you know, regular children struggle, struggle with. with. Yeah, it's, right? it's a lot to deal yeah. with. Yeah. It's a lot to deal with, but it's something that has to be done. And something that has to be explained in a way that is understandable to that child. Yeah, well, that's a lot to take in. Yeah. 
All right. So with that, we are wrapping up today's episode. We really hope this podcast gets you thinking. And if you have thoughts or you have suggestions, something you've tried out with your child, do let us know. Send us a send us an email at wechallengeautism at gmail.com. You can always reach out to us uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Stay safe.